Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Oh, hey. I uh, didn't see you there. Hey. (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter, or welcome if you're new here. I'm one of your hosts, Kylie. And I'm your other host, Anya. And it's it's been a hot minute since we've done this. Yeah, not for you guys, yeah. um, but for us. It's, it's been, been over two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we've um, batch recorded. We'll get into why that is uh, in our week in review. But we're back. We're in front of the mic. And we're going to talk about gentle productivity. Yes, I think this was kind of a a theme for the year. It was one of my goals for 2023 to embrace. So we figured we'd do a full episode breaking down what it is, how to achieve it, mm-hmm. and some journaling prompts um, to help you kind of settle into your own version of gentle productivity because I think everyone kind of has their own way of embracing it based on their work style and everything. Um, so stick around for that. But before we get there, Let's start with the week in review. So I like forgot that we need to give an update on the dance show. I feel like we hyped mm-hmm. it up for like weeks. So I guess they deserve the an conclusion. Yeah. yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it, <laughs> the Joe. The dance show happened. Four sold out shows. Uh, if you're new here, we dance with Danceworks Boston. And we had our season 22 shows and it was an exhausting week, (laughs) truly. I feel like you handled it better. Like in the aftermath, you seem to be in a bit better shape. Yeah, I was was. my body was fine. I was really surprised because normally like dancers are really good about warming up throughout the season. But then when the shows come, it's like you just you hop into a split and you get on stage and that's like what it is. And so I thought my body was going to be like in shambles, but I was like, I was, I was fine. See, my body was fine. I wasn't like crazy sore or anything like that. I was just exhausted, mm-hmm. like wiped. Um, and I was saying the other day, like I really didn't feel like myself again, like back to like my normal like energy state until Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it took me out, but we survived it. And I I am hopeful that it was just it was the first show. I think it's always going to be like tiring, obviously. But I don't. I think now that I know like what to expect, it won't be as shocking. Yeah, to my body when it happens again. Uh, but yeah, it went. It was a good time. It was a good weekend. Uh, we both had a lot of people come out mm-hmm. to see the show, so that was cool. If you came and saw us, thanks. Those were kind. We hope you enjoyed the show. And it's a quick turnaround. We have auditions again really Couple weeks, soon. Yeah. Um. And then rehearsals start like mid-February, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then we're back at it. And then four more shows in the spring. So, you know what they say. The grind never stops. <laughs> but in the like interim, I've had a lot of downtime. It's been very interesting having weeknights off again. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, I, well, I was in a habit of getting my nails done before coming to you to record and then we would go to one of our rehearsals that was like later at night but the fact that like I don't have to go to dance after this slay like we would normally be 
leaving shortly. You're yeah. already there. Yeah. Um, and then last night I tried core power yoga for the first time and I was able to go to a Wednesday night rehearsal. Rehearsal. Jeez. Yeah. Class. <laughs> class. I was able to go to a Wednesday night class because we didn't have rehearsal. So that was really cool. And yeah, I I loved dance. I loved having it back into my life. And it's also nice to like have a little bit of a break and take like a breath mm-hmm. before getting back to the season. And I definitely, I don't know if you share the same sentiment, but I was doing three days a week. And I think I will probably drop myself down to two days a week yeah. for this next season, uh, just so that I'm not like itching this much for some downtime. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it because I always wanted to do two and then it just happened that I had three and I was like intimidated at first. And then as the season went on, it just was like what it was and it didn't bother me anymore. So I think we'll see depending on what the dances are, like yeah. and how, the, how they're distributed. I feel like that'll True. make my final decision. Um, But yeah, so that's been nice. I agree about the downtime. Um, I was also going to mention that I was going to give a car update because I mm-hmm. said you know, probably like five weeks ago now that we got hit. Yeah. And the update is that there's <laughs> still no update. They're still working on it, which is crazy to me. Like the the car place has had it for a couple weeks now, like two to three weeks. And so we've had this rental for a long time. And the rental's literally like charging them like $2,000. Like I saw, I've seen the statements. Yeah. And they're like not in a rush to like get this thing fixed. So I'm like, all right. I guess I just don't understand how insurance works because yeah. you would think that they would want to get this done quickly. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, we're driving a, a nice 2020 RAV4 as a rental, so we're not in a huge rush. Love you, Subi, though. Don't take yeah. it personally. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I was going to mention is I'm managing someone at work again. So if you've been around, I have managed many an intern in the past. And then the last six months, my role was just like shifting and it didn't really make sense to assign me someone before like I knew what I was doing. But now I have someone again. And like it's good. But it's, like, you feel so much more responsibility when you're a manager to, like, be logged in on time, be available, be a good example. And I'm, like, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because it's, like, you want to give them a good experience. And, like, it's maybe different when you're managing, like, a full-time employee. But, like, with an intern, it's, like, there's so many things that they've never seen before. They don't know how to handle in, like, a work setting and – you set like goals with them and you want to make sure that they're like having a good time, mm-hmm. especially because we mostly hire from the same school. So like it gets back to the school if they don't have a nice experience and yeah, yeah it's just a lot, but I'm glad to have the help. Like I know I'll be happy once she's like onboarded and like can actually like I can delegate stuff. Yeah. We're not at that point yet, which is totally fine. It's like week two, but now it's like the getting them up and running point. So yeah. And that you're also like, extra putting on a good look in like those first weeks Mm -hmm. you want to make a good first impression but I'm sure it'll be fine I mean I feel like I feel like we stress about like how closely people are keeping tabs on us at work when like realistically everyone has their own stuff as long as you're getting your stuff done and like answering emails and slacks within like a reasonable time and even not like you could go like three hours without answering Slack and be like, I was heads down working on something. Like, yeah. I turned off my notification. That's always and what that's, I like, say. <laughs> very. Sometimes reasonable. it's true. Sometimes it's not. Fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, agree. But yeah. So that's fun though. Yeah. A little intern. Yeah. Shaping 
the mind of the youth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into our favorites. So if you if you know me, you know I love a liquid eyeshadow. Yeah. I haven't used a powder eyeshadow in like literal years. My first time using them again was for the damp show. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, so I'm all about it. And I got a new one to try out. Not because I don't – I've historically used Glossier Lidstar and I like it. But I was just like, it's good to know about alternatives, you know, bigger mm-hmm. shade range, whatnot. So I tried the Kosas 15 uh, Second Eye, it's called. And I really like it. I'm wearing it today. Wow. It looks nice. I've had it on for like 12 hours at this point. Um, And I got the shade. I think it's called Heat. It's like the rose gold one. But they have mostly neutrals. They haven't really branched out to like colors yet. But I would totally get it if they do. It's a little more pigmented than Lidstar. So that could be good or bad depending on what you prefer. Like some people like that the Lidstar is a very sheer wash. This one has a little more color to it. Um, But I'm a big fan and it's actually the first thing i've tried from them really mm-hmm. i i've used their concealer which t mm-hmm. i think might break me out oh sad you put it on your you put it on your favorites i know well i think i still really like it for my under eyes and i still use it on my under eyes but i don't think i can use it on breakouts mm. because i got the um the elf camo concealer so I was like, let me see. And I started using that on my breakouts and like the cycle of getting a pimple, it's starting to heal and then it re resurfacing. Cause I, I've had like two spots on my face that like keep re breaking out and they're now finally Knock on wood. knocking on wood, like actually fully healing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't used that concealer on those spots in a while. So Sad. tea for my acne prone girls or for your sensitive reactive skin girls. Uh, but I do like their powder a lot. Mm. Their powder has not steered me wrong. And you should try the 15 second I should, eye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I put in my notes to say not Sephora because I have beef. Mm. I really like the Sephora charged up eyeshadows that we tried at one point. Yeah. And then they were having a big sale on their regular, I think just like liquid eyeshadow it's called. Um, and I got three colors because they were literally like $7 each. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. I always wear liquid eyeshadow and they're pretty much awful. They're like pretty (laughs) terrible. Wow. Like, I'm like, let me for the experiment. Show me. This is one. Okay. Swatch her. This is, it's in the shade, uh, emerald in case you were wondering. It is like a dark, like greeny gray. It's not it. Once you like. Once you, like, wipe it out as you would on oh. your eye, it completely disappears. It's gone. Whoa. <laughs> That's actually insane. Yeah. Like, I was like, um. So I swatched it. And the swatch wasn't, like, great. But it wasn't horrible. And then I went to rub it and, like, you it's, can barely It's completely tell. gone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, like, a dark color. Yeah. So Tea. do not get that. Get the Kosas 15 Second Eye. And let's hope that they expand their shade range. That's yeah. it. Tea. Uh, my... Favorite for this week is Abercrombie Activewear. Mm-hmm. So if you've been around for a while, you know that I live and die by Abercrombie. At this point, it's honestly criminal that they don't pay me. I give them all of my money. And they did a sale. I think they called it like the Try Your Personal Best, which is their like activewear line. It's called Your Personal mm-hmm. Best. 
Um, and they did like a try uh, your personal best 40% off all activewear, which is like a really good deal. Sorry if you hear the radiator. Oh, yeah. She's turning on. So I got just like a pair of black leggings because you can always use a good pair of black leggings. A cute like corsetti style top. And then I got a really cute romper that like has like contrast corset like stitching mm. almost. I don't know how to describe it. I'll have to show you a picture. Uh, and I wore this, I wore the romper to the core power yoga sculpt class mm-hmm. and it, everything stayed in place. It fit super nicely. It looked super cute. It's like a uh, sweat wicking and just overall 10 out of 10. So I definitely, it's pretty expensive when it's not on sale. Like it's up there with like outdoor voices mm-hmm. prices uh, and so I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for future sales because it's pretty freaking good. And they have a couple different materials. I got, I think it's called the Sculpt Lux material in all of the pieces, but they have a couple of other ones. So I'd be curious to try, like, and see the difference what in all the other fabrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recommend. Love it. You can never have enough active wear. At least we can't. We literally can't. It's honestly, like, scary. Yeah. Um, how much... I own. But I use it all. Yeah. It's the thing. I don't even feel that bad because I'm using it. Anyways. All right. We're going to get into our main topic after a quick ad break. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. All right, we're back, and we are ready to talk about gentle productivity. And I wanted to 
get this episode up in the beginning of the year because I feel like everyone's getting back into the swing of things. We're seeing goal setting content, productivity content all over the place, and it can be a lot. So yeah. I wanted to introduce a new narrative to the to the picture here. Hell yeah. So. Yeah. And I think you especially first heard this term with Zoe Pritchard mm-hmm. on YouTube, uh, who we've talked about in the past. Uh, but what exactly is gentle productivity? So the funny thing is that I could not find an actual definition of it. I'm sure she like gives a somewhat of a definition in one of her videos. Uh, but it essentially means like you eliminate these extreme expectations and like urges and tendencies to try to get a crap load done in one day. Um, and instead you sort of use it as like the antithesis of hustle culture and aim to minimize burnout by focusing on more intuitive productivity, realistic daily goal setting, and more compassionate self-talk around what you actually accomplish every day. Yes. And I found, um, an article by Shailaja Vishwanath. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, where she kind of walks us through the five stages of gentle productivity. So I'm going to share them with you because we love a researched episode here. So stage one, overwhelm. We are familiar. (laughs) (laughs) You never have enough time to do all the things you want or you have to do. You have a never ending to-do list and you feel overworked all the time and pulled in several directions. Yes. Word. Yeah. (laughs) Stage two is observation. So this is a crucial part of getting past the overwhelm um, by first learning to observe it. So each time you feel overwhelmed, take a deep breath and observe the situation, take note of what's going on, no judgment, no fixing. You just are learning to observe the feeling that comes to you in that overwhelm. Stage three is awareness. I feel like we're going through like the stages of grief here. Yeah, (laughs) literally. So after a few days or weeks, however long it takes you of observation, your awareness of whatever challenge that you're facing becomes more automatic, more refined. You start looking at triggers that cause overwhelm and begin to understand why you feel the way that you do. Stage four is action. So you are now ready to take gentle action to shift things in your life. Your observation and awareness have led to this phase where you've stopped judging a situation and instead work on alternative methods to view the challenge. And stage five is being. Consistent action leads to the highest state of gentle productivity. When you reach the stage, you are now naturally listening to the rhythms in your day, in your week, and embracing the idea of energy management. You can see the triggers before they manifest, and you can avoid the time traps before they occur. So I think an important thing to note with these stages is that they're not linear, and there will be times where you find yourself like sliding back and landing at different stages or experiencing them out of order, even if you reach that stage five being at some point. So the key is to gently nudge yourself forward or bring yourself back onto the path of gentleness, and before you know it, you will no longer be chasing productivity because hustle culture is dead yeah you heard it here first i mean hustle culture is literally just capitalism made into like a girl boss thing yeah yeah which we hate to see yeah amen fuck henry ford yeah he really did it to us yeah he really (laughs) did do it to us so we wanted to give some examples of ways to embrace gentle productivity First one is to set modest and honest (laughs) goals. Why do I feel like that's like a a Christian slogan? Modest and honest. It sounds like, what's that YouTube channel of the two? Girl Defined. Yes. Yeah. That's that's us. Modest and honest, ladies. 
Um, so yeah, thinking through setting smaller, more attainable goals that build up to your bigger goals. And this is something that we've talked in a lot of our goal setting episodes about. So see the archives uh, for that advice. Um, And just make sure that you're setting goals that are authentic to you and align with your values. So, you know, you might see a lot of people setting like goals to work out X times a week. And it's like, you might know for yourself that walking is something that you enjoy way more than a traditional workout. So why are you going to go ahead and set a working out goal that you're going to be miserable in when you know that you would be so much better off if you just said, let's walk every day at lunch or something like that. Um, And I think something that I'm trying to embrace this year is like setting goals that are effort-based and not Mm outcome-based. So like, um, you know, instead of saying I'm going to work out or I'm going to, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Like I'm going to save $10,000 this year. Um, you could set a goal that's like, I'm going to feel secure in my finances and have a safety net by the end of the year, just as like one example. Or like, okay. instead of saying, I'm going to work out 20 times this month, saying like, I'm going to work out when it feels good to me and I'm going to feel satisfied with, you know, how I'm feeling at the end of the month kind of thing. So like making goals that are more around things in your control mm-hmm. and like are more intuitive than mm-hmm. just forcing like an assigned number or yeah. something on, on it. Yeah. I like that. Uh, next, you can take the lily pad approach via Allison Beer. I think yeah. You pronounce that. Um, so imagine a day as a series of lily pads and you're the frog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is a little out there, but stay with us. <laughs> uh, so I know there's a starting lily pad and an ending lily pad to my day. And I know what each of the intermediate lily pads needs to encompass and what order they need to be hopped on. And I know which ones can be left out if I'm running short on time. That's sort of your mental picture and find it's a flexible structure that can like, I don't know, you just, it helps you sort of move the pieces around and Mm -hmm. really prioritize and figure out what needs to get done to get from the starting lily pad to the ending lily pad in the day. Yeah. It helps you be a little more flexible and like adaptable. I find that's my biggest issue is I'm like so stuck in the constraints of what I wanted to get done yes. on a given day that if it doesn't happen for whatever like external reason, I like see it as a failure. Yeah. When in reality you can be like, oh, we'll get that lily pad tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, another thing that we've talked about a lot on the show is to make your routine work for you. So if you're really good at waking up early and you feel more productive in the mornings, aim for that aesthetic 5 a.m. wake up routine that we're all seeing on social media. Mm-hmm. But if you're naturally a night owl, Set aside time in your night routine for work or, you know, maximize your lunch hour, your afternoon at work. And I feel like something – I'm not, like, a super night person, but I do feel like night people get, like, a lot of, like, shit for being yeah. night people. Yeah. Because, like, everyone's like, well, I wake up at, you know, 7 a.m. and I get so much done and you're, you're not even awake. Like, I feel like that's always what they hear is, like, that meme of, like, when you're on vacation and your friend gets back and they're like, I've done this and this and gone grocery shopping and you're still in bed. But it's like – they could easily be that productive at night. You just don't yeah. have as much like visibility. So don't beat yourself up if you're a night person. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No. Um, one other thing that you can try is giving yourself kind of a warm up before you start a task. So if you have to write some sort of proposal for work, you can take five minutes to make yourself a drink of choice, listen to music, watch a YouTube video for 10 minutes. And once that's over, start the task, kind of get yourself in the right headspace. I feel like I definitely do this with tea. Like I take yeah. a lot of tea breaks throughout my day and I kind of say like, okay, after I get up and get this tea. I'll come back and start this. Like it's a good way to kind of break up your day yeah. and get yourself yeah. prepared. And it gives you those little pockets of like rest mm-hmm. almost um, or like time to just like amp yourself up for a task. 
I do need to hype myself up for many tasks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is to prioritize your space. And I think this definitely applies even more so for remote workers, but like really for anyone, because a messy space can make you feel chaotic and unorganized or not having the right work set up can lead to frustration or even like procrastination and just like not being efficient mm-hmm. with your time. And so I think it's really important, uh, especially if you know that, for example, my job, I know that I'm really only going to go into my office like once a month. So it is a good investment for me to, for example, look at a standing desk. That's something that I've been interested in because I know that that will, I'll be excited to work at that desk. I'll be, it'll give me those pockets of time to, okay, I'll stand up and walk for 30 minutes and work on this and then I'll take a break. Uh, so don't be afraid to invest time and money into your space and make it make it a good place to be because mm-hmm. you'll just naturally be in a better headspace and hopefully a kinder headspace at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's funny because the day that we're recording this, um, Kylie's roommate started a new job this week, and I saw she like posted a picture of her cubicle and like how yeah. she was going to decorate it. And so it's like even if you are like a corporate yeah, girly that goes point. in, like you can also take the opportunity to decorate your space, and I feel like it's almost even more important yeah. because cubicles aren't it they're like they can be like a stressful yeah plain environment yeah. so like take the time to decorate that area whatever kind of makes sense for your your work setup um yeah, for sure yeah the next tip is to practice gentle self-talk so well okay so we wrote that we all talk to ourselves in our heads all day but like i heard some people don't have an internal wait that's so monologue true. so i'm like do does everyone talk to themselves all day wait <laughs> hold up i'm like but everyone well i guess not everyone but a lot of people struggle with negative self-talk so i'm like what it must just be the people that have internal monologues so how did we get screwed over like (laughs) i think most people have internal monologues but not everyone we're gonna have to research this we'll get back to you but if if you have a lot of us have negative or talk to ourselves in our head every day. Or you, what's the alternative? Do you just have like generally negative perception, but it's not like words for yourself? Maybe. Like it's know. like negative feelings. Yeah. But it's not like you're a trash in your head. It's just like. I'm like, damn, my, my dialogue's very mean in my head. <laughs> what the heck? But uh, assuming you have self-talk in your yes. mind. Um, I feel like we tend to be really negative once we don't meet our goals or we miss the expectations that we set ourselves. But riddle me this, what if we were just kinder to ourselves? Would we feel less discouraged when we aren't as productive as we hoped to be? I think so. (laughs) I think so. And I think this is my biggest issue. It's like, I'll set like an arbitrary to-do list. Who asked me to get this specific amount of work done? No one. Me. (laughs) I did this morning. I decided that's what it was going to be. And then it's like an unattainable amount of work. And then I get to the end of the day and I have had a productive day on paper. Like I've done a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Maybe not all of them. But then it's like I feel like shit because I didn't do all of them. And for what? For why? Especially when for most of us, you can just wake up tomorrow morning and, and do those tasks. Yeah. Like unless you're up against the deadline. But then you you probably have prioritized the t- those tasks in your day mm-hmm. if you're up against the deadline. And so the other stuff can kind of fall to the wayside. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think this whole negative self-talk situation also includes working on accepting things like procrastinating, like just knowing procrastinating is human. If you feel the urge, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. 
accept those feelings and accept the fact that, you know, you probably have to get done whatever you have to get done. So you don't have to act on whatever procrastination urge you're feeling. Uh, you're more likely when you, well, when you beat yourself up for wanting to procrastinate, you're more likely to actually procrastinate because you're just kind of ruminating in your head about all yeah. that has to get done and how much you don't want to do it. And I, I've said this before, I don't remember what episode it was, but for me, like, I always just find like the very first step to something is the hardest thing. Yeah. Like if you have like a proposal that's like intimidating you or whatever, it's like the outline is like the hardest part. Oh, for Once sure. you're actually writing it, it's like you're in a groove. It's yeah. fine. And you're like, why did I procrastinate? But like when you're starting it, I think we did like a procrastination episode. I think I, I think it was a solo episode of mine. Uh, we so, have a lot so maybe of episodes that's where, at this point. I know. I don't remember. We probably said everything that we've ever said in yeah. a new episode has already been said. Yeah. You know? Not a single original thought. Yeah. All of our thoughts are already so out there. <laughs> I think is the case. We're at this like, point. but tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess just yeah. don't don't beat yourself up, especially because most of the time we're the ones setting these arbitrary goals for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, it's really similar to like working out. They say the hardest part of working out is just like putting, putting your shoes the on, on yeah. and doing the first movement, and then you start and you finish, and you're like, wow, that felt really good. And then for whatever reason, when the next day comes and it's time to work out, you're and you back don't to square do it one. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very similar to that. So then now we're going to talk about some journaling prompts to get you started thinking about productivity, your relationship with productivity, and how you can start to take a gentler approach to how you structure your days and what you want to get done. So we have four journal prompts to start you with, and we'll chat a little bit about how we would answer them uh, to give you some inspo. So feel free to journal along. So the first one is, when I hear the word productive, I think dot, dot, dot. Ellipsis. Ellipsis. You gotta love it. Um, so I said that, honestly, for a really, really, really long time, I associated productivity solely with, like, task completion almost specifically in like a school and work context. Um, so I considered a productive day, you know, when I was in school, it was a day that I got a lot of assignments done, or I did a lot of reading or I studied X amount of hours. And now that I'm working full time, I see it as, you know, the amount of tasks that I got done at work, how many emails did I respond to? How many projects did I work on? And it wasn't until like, honestly, a few months ago that I realized that things like working out, reading a book, uh, taking time for myself, even like doing laundry and stuff are mm -hmm. also productive things to do. And I'm allowed to like celebrate those mm. as wins too. Like today at work, I got sort of bogged down on a different task and I didn't start another task that I wanted to start today, but I did have time to do a workout and do a load of laundry and work on the script for the podcast episode, like all those things that I wouldn't have considered productive mm -hmm. because it's not like the main piece of work that I do in my life. And it's like, no, I had a relatively productive day and tomorrow's going to come around and I can start that task that I didn't get to today. And I finished the task that I got bogged down with. So that's also a win. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of, that's something I've been working through recently is redefining what is productive. Yeah. For sure. Um, when I hear productive, I like literally think about checking items off a to-do list. Mm -hmm. And I feel like similar to you, like I think of like work tasks, but I also think of like life admin type mm -hmm. stuff, but it's all like boring stuff. Like I, I don't give 
the fun stuff, the checking off the box credit that yeah. it deserves, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, like I literally just like see a visual in my head of like, check, 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 check. Um, and that's what makes me feel productive. But I guess like something that I'm also trying to like reframe is like you are literally always just doing the best that you can on that given day. Yeah. Like if there's a reason that you're like procrastinating something or whatever, it's usually not that like you don't care or like you are like dropping the ball on something or whatever. It's like you just might not be able to show up mentally at like 100% that day. So even if you're showing up at 75% and you're giving 75% of to what you're working on, like you're still giving your full self and like you're still just as productive as you can be. So we can't always hold ourselves to like the 100% standard. Yeah. Because not every day is going to be 100% because that's literally not human, you know? Yeah. And in the same way that like you have days where you're only operating at like 30%, sometimes you also have days where you're operating at like 200. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it all ends up evening out in the end. So then the next one is what routines are important to you? So I would say I like approach this thinking like when I'm consistent with this routine, which ones like make me feel the Mm -hmm. best at the end. And I honestly think that like my overall fitness wellness routine, and I know this kind of contradicts what I just said about how like it took me a while to recognize those as productive things. And maybe I was like subconsciously recognizing it, but not like actually giving myself the credit in my conscious mind. Uh, But whenever I do like fit in a workout or like make really satiating, uh, nourishing meals for myself, like I just feel so much better. And like I have my shit together overall Mm -hmm. uh, that like it helps me be more productive in the end. And then I also think and this is a, a... area that I need to work on I need to work on prioritizing my sleep and my night routine more uh to set myself up for a successful day the next day like sometimes I forget that your night routine isn't really about that night it's about setting yourself up for success the next day so I need to I need to remember that yeah for me I wrote down getting outside and taking a walk I've been very like negligent with that uh goal this honestly this year so far And I think it's just, like, it's January, you know? It's, like, no one wants to get outside. But once you are outside, you, like, don't mind and if you're dressed right and whatever. Um, And then my other routine that I put down was kind of, like, my self-care, like, beauty routine, I would say. So Mm -hmm. you guys know I'm a bath girl, huge bath girl, multiple baths a week. Mm -hmm. So I love my baths. I love getting my nails done, face masks, all of that, just kind of doing that, like, regular self-maintenance that, like, makes you feel better. Um. I put down as also important to me. Yeah. So yeah, just like taking the time to like step back and recognize that like that's just if that's what enables you to like check the boxes at work or at school or whatever you have to do obligation wise, then like that's just as productive and like just as necessary to put on your to do list. Yeah, for sure. I think these next two prompts are like things that would be good to start thinking about like every day. Like, you know, like you sit down at your desk for the day and I feel like if you could answer these two questions every day, it would make for a better situation. Yeah, for sure. So the first one is what are three things you know you can get done today? So I did this script earlier Mm -hmm. in the day. So I did do today and I'll update you if I accomplished them. But I like sat down, reflected and thought, okay, what are three things that I know I can do today? And that was finish up some email copy for work because we're working on a big email campaign right now. Uh, I know I can do a load of laundry and I know that I can fit in a Peloton workout during my lunch break and 
lo and behold, I was able to do all three of those things. So look at that. My intuition, she strikes again. Love that. Um, yeah, I did mine for tomorrow because I worked on the script later in the day. So it was already like 4 p.m. And I didn't think it would be interesting. Um, but I also put down laundry mm -hmm. key. I'm actually starting it now. So I'm a little ahead. Love nice. that. Um, getting through my meetings, I wrote. I have like a very... I have a very meeting heavy job, but it used to be even more meeting heavy. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I see days that look like how my days used to look, like with, you know, four or five hours of meetings in a row, I get very like anxious about it. Like I get very like next day scaries about it, mm -hmm. but it's like, I know I've gotten through worse. Like I always have to tell myself that whenever I see like a crazy day on my calendar, I'm like, I've sat through much worse than this. Like yeah. you'll tomorrow night will come and it will be over and you'll be through it. Um, and then my last thing is preparing for auditions because I have one of those coming up this weekend and I need to do some prep work. Um, so yeah, I was in the habit of this like three priorities a day thing for a little while. And I did feel like it really helped because it kind of helps you avoid overwhelm. Cause I think if you start looking at your whole to-do list of like, what can you eventually like, what's a nice to have. And then it's like, you kind of start prioritizing things wrong and just like feeling overwhelmed. So like looking at your big to-do list and saying like, realistically, what are the three things that I'll be happy with myself if I get yeah. done today? And like some of them can be big. Some of them can literally just be like, send this one email and you can like check it off and feel good about yourself. Um, I really want to get back into that habit. Um, and something that I wanted to say earlier about the walk thing that I thought was like admirable was I was watching Zoe Pritchard on YouTube oh, yeah. and something she said in her most recent vlog was that like, she was at her desk and she could feel herself getting like anxious and worked up because it was like 4 p.m. and she hadn't accomplished everything that she wanted to. And like, you know, her old kind of toxic mindset would be like, okay, got to ramp it up then, like got to work faster to get all this done before the end of the day. But she's like working on reframing her mindset of like, if I'm in this headspace, I'm not going to be productive anyway. So she literally just took her dog for a walk. Like she was like, I know I have a ton more to do and I'm worried about it, but I know what's actually going to help me in this moment is yeah. not doing it. Like I need to separate myself from this situation and like get outside and then I'll be much more productive when I like revisit it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. Honestly, I talked about this at, um, during work today, I had a meeting with our new like C-suite guy that's heading sales and marketing for my company. And we were just like chatting about that and like different work styles. And I told him, I was like, I really prioritize either like going on a walk at lunch or moving my body in some way at lunch. What in the colder weather or like today it was raining, for example, uh, the Peloton works really well for that. But it like, it's crazy how, and it doesn't have to be working out, but like that little like reset. Yeah, like, okay, a break. I'm going to turn my brain off of work mode, do something that still feels productive. You're moving your body, you're prioritizing your like health and wellness. And also like you come back to work with such like a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Like even if you're even if you're leaving with like a bad attitude to like take your lunch hour and like go do the dishes or whatever. Like, it's always shocking how you come back and it doesn't feel like that big of a deal, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I want to embrace that. Like, if I ever get into, like, more of an anxious headspace of, like, I'm not going to have enough time, it's, like, actually give yourself less time and, like, take a break and yeah. go do something else because you're going to come back and, like, probably get just as much done in the time that you took the break, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And then our last journal prompt that we wanted to share, which I also think would be a good one to think about in the beginning of every day is how do you want to feel at the end of the day? Yes. So for me, I want to feel accomplished. I think there's nothing better than like looking back on your day and being like, okay, yeah, like I got done what I needed to get done, but I don't want to feel drained. I don't want to feel like I 
am burning out or like I like didn't take any time for myself. I didn't take that time away from my desk to like reset and rejuvenate myself. Um, I want to set myself up for success in the days that follow. So this kind of leads back into like reframing my night routines and also like being realistic about what I need to prioritize and get done in that given day so that I can get other tasks done the next day. Uh, And I also want to be able to like reflect on my day and say, yep, I took time for myself. I took care of myself. I did the life admin stuff that needed Mm -hmm. to get done. I did the things that I wanted to do and that were more fun and enjoyable for me. Um, So yeah, lots of balance at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, even if you have those days where you have to be like super heads down and work and we've all had those days, like you work, you know, seven to seven and you hardly take a lunch. And it's like, when you really reflect, you're like, you're relieved you got it done, but you don't feel good that you like neglected yourself, you know? So sometimes those days are necessary with like deadlines or whatever, but hopefully most of your jobs are relatively uh, understanding of how much you can actually get done in the day as a human. I know some are easier than others, but um, yeah, I just always think about that. Um, for me, I wrote that I want to feel satisfied with both my output and my effort. So that's like another thing that I'm going to keep trying to revisit this year is like emphasizing not only what got done in the end, but also, you know, the time that I spent thinking about it, the time that I spent working on it. Um, and also just trying to like find the path of like least resistance to everything. Like, I think sometimes I make things harder for myself than they have to be. Like I'll make like five different outlines and I want to figure out like the perfect structure for whatever I'm working on. And it's like, realistically, it just has to get to like 90% and then my team will help me from there. So it's like, I don't have to have everything be perfect. I don't have to spend five hours on things before someone looks at it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just kind of thinking about that and feeling good about the amount that I got done, feeling relieved about the amount that I got done, but also feeling good about how how I got through it and like what attitude that I had mm-hmm. with approaching it. Cause like, like I was saying, it doesn't feel good to like know that you neglected yourself, but it also doesn't feel good to know that you went through the day with just like an anxious mess, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I think another big thing for me is like, I want to feel ready for the next day, not yeah. dreading it. Cause that's the worst when you yeah. go to bed knowing that like tomorrow is going to suck. <laughs> so yeah, I had that real hard on Sunday because I had to work on MLK. Week. Yeah. We're recording this the week of MLK day and I had to work that day and I like really struggled to fall asleep because I was like, I can't believe I have to do be like yeah. a human being tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you were taking notes, those questions were when I hear productive, I think X, what routines are important to you? What are three things you know you can get done today? And how do you want to feel at the end of each day? So definitely encourage you guys to journal on this yourselves. I think it's a good exercise. Yeah. And good on you for listening to an episode on gentle productivity and taking the first step to changing your mindset and being a bit kinder to yourself in the day-to-day and making time for all of the aspects of life that you can get done in a day, not just focusing on getting as much done as possible for your work or for school. And even if listening to this episode is all you did today... That is productive. Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. You're working on yourself, baby. Mm-hmm. Self-development. That's what we call it yeah, around these parts. That's what we call it. Well, you guys know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram. You can send us comments to our anonymous suggestion box. Send us a DM. Send us an email. Let's chat. You know, you know yeah. the vibes. Um, and we will be back next week with 
a new topic. So stay tuned and have a great week. Bye guys.